Movie Sushi Man on Fire There's one kidnapping every 60 minutes in Latin America and 70% of the victims don't survive. At a barbecue, Paul Raymond suggests his friend John Creasy becomes a bodyguard for Samuel Ramos for some easy money. Soon, Samuel is impressed with Creasy's military record even though Creasy says he drinks, which can slow his reactions. Samuel lets this slide since Creasy's not asking for much pay. At Samuel's mansion, Creasy meets wife Lisa, another American, and daughter Peter, who introduces herself in Spanish. She shows Creasy to his room, breezily introducing Bruno the gardener and Maria the cook along the way. Peter later thinks Creasy is sad about something, and she names her favourite stuffed toy Creasy Bear. Out of practice and under the influence, Creasy clumsily revisits his gun skills. Still drinking whiskey, Creasy has a map and is planning a route to Peter's school. In the car, Peter asks Creasy lots of questions. He says only time will tell if being black will help when being a bodyguard in Mexico. Peter then demonstrates her extensive knowledge of kidnappings in the country. That afternoon, Peter asks Creasy if he was happy as a schoolboy. Then she asks him about the scarring on his hands. He tells her he doesn't appreciate all the questions. At a busy intersection, she shocks him by getting out of the car and then sitting in the back. Lisa stops at Creasy's room. He's just hidden the Jack Daniels, but she spots the Bible. Creasy reiterates to Lisa that he's not being paid to be Peter's friend. She says she'll be joining them in the car the next morning. That night, Creasy listens to melancholic music and drinks whiskey. He's trying to escape the demons he created when he was in the military. He gets extremely worked up and shoots himself in the head, but the gun misfires. Outside in the rain, he calls his friend Paul about the misfiring. Paul suggests it must be a bad primer. Peter watches Creasy quietly from a window. He keeps the lucky bullet safely in a matchbox. In the morning, the car of three people is silent. A suspicious car follows them and both Creasy and Peter go to write down the number plate. Then Creasy watches Peter swim a race. They agree she should be faster off the blocks. She has a big swim meet in three weeks' time. Peter's parents go to Detroit for a while. Creasy applies military techniques to Peter's training. He teaches her how to react to the gunshot. She's told encouraging, hyped-up slogans such as The sound of the gunshot sets me free. She soon swims a new personal best. I'm tough, she says. You're either trained or you're untrained. Which are you? Trained, she shouts. At the swimming competition, she wins her race. Celebrating with Creasy and Paul, Peter gives Creasy a St. Jude necklace patron saint of lost causes, bought with her own money.
Peter tells her dad that she prefers swimming to piano playing. But he puts his foot down. Greasy then suggests that Peter belch all the way through her lessons so she'll be thrown out of the class. Before the class, Peter picks a small flower from the pavement and hands it to Creasy. He waits outside the lesson. After the lesson, a police car appears, as does the suspicious car from earlier. Creasy recognises the threat and fires his gun into the air, so Peter will run. There follows a gunfight. Peter is snatched and Creasy is badly wounded. In his hospital bed, Greasy's being charged with the murder of two cops and the kidnapping of Peter Martin Ramos. Reporter Maria asks why two off-duty cops were in uniform in a patrol car at the scene. Her boss Miguel then calls the dead policeman corrupt and other reporters agree. Greasy regains consciousness and learns that he managed to shoot four men during the snatch. Creasy asks about Peter, but it's been two days and no word. The ransom stands at $10 million. Specific instructions for the drop are given to Jordan Kalfas, the lawyer, who then passes them on to Peter's dad, Samuel. Tragically, the drop is hijacked when an official, who shouldn't have been there, opens fire. This ruins everything, resulting in the kidnapper's nephew getting killed. The kidnappers then tell Lisa it's too late to save her daughter. Back at Creasy's bedside, Paul tells Creasy Peter's dead. Miguel then tells Creasy the cops he shot were members of a powerful brotherhood called La Mandad. Creasy is now fired up for revenge. At the crime scene, Maria introduces herself to Creasy. She wants him to help her expose the members of La Mandad once and for all. In the car, Greasy requests numerous different weapons from Paul, who agrees to get them for him. Greasy finds Peter's notebook in Peter's room, and Lisa joins him. He vows to kill anyone involved with the killing of Peter. Now Greasy's weapons have arrived, he's ready for action. He has the partial number plate of the suspicious car and asks Maria to check it out. Creasy finds their address and waits there for the car's owners to return home. He bursts into the car and, at gunpoint, he tapes a man's hands to the steering wheel. He snips off the man's fingers one by one until he's told what he wants to know. Someone called The Voice tells the man what to do and also there's a shady group called The Guardians. Creasy is told to go to a specific nightclub for more clues. Creasy then lights the man a cigarette, shoots him in the head, and rolls the car off a cliff. When Miguel later finds the burnt-out car, he notices the number plate, and knows Creasy is somehow involved. Creasy dons a headscarf and gains access to the club. The well-armed Creasy fights his way through doors and asks everyone if they've seen Peter, showing them a photo. Then a man Creasy's gagged at gunpoint says the whole operation is run by cell phone. They withdraw $200 from a bank account 
every two weeks using a simple cash card. Further to this, Creasy learns that a crooked, high-ranking cop called Fuentes was at the drop and stole the $10 million cash. Outside, Creasy calls Maria, saying he's rescued a separate young girl and that she's safe. Maria immediately knows who this is. Creasy wants to know who's putting money into this mystery bank account for the serial kidnappers. To Creasy, it doesn't matter that Fuentes lives in a judicial compound and is better protected than the President of Mexico. Creasy is coming for him anyway. Creasy holds up across the street from where Fuentes will be with a rocket-propelled grenade launcher ready to destroy the man's official motorcade. He then captures Fuentes and takes him to the site of the ill-fated drop. Creasy wakes Fuentes, who confesses to being president of La Emendad. Creasy explains in detail how he's inserted a powerful bomb in the corrupt official's rectum. This bomb will be triggered remotely. Creasy learns that there was no cash where the money should have been. The bags were full of paper. Fuentes ultimately surrenders the name Jordan Kalfas, Samuel Ramos, family lawyer. With only 10 seconds to go on the timer, Creasy leaves, Fuentes explodes. At Jordan Kalfas' house, the man's dead, floating in the pool. Creasy finds some bank statements and calls Maria to decipher the codes. Creasy then visits Lisa and Samuel. He goes into the darkened shrine room filled with candles. Samuel confesses that he killed lawyer Jordan because Peter wasn't supposed to die. He only took part in the kidnapping to make some money. Creasy leaves Samuel alone in the house with a gun with which to kill himself. As Creasy leaves the house, there's a single gunshot. Maria finds the location of the voice. She publishes a photo of the voice in the paper the next day, no matter that her life has been threatened if she did so. Creasy goes to the address he has for the voice. He gets shot in the chest, but still chases the voice's brother. After having been driven at, Creasy has the brother by the scruff of his neck. The neighbours all seem pleased, with none of them leaping to his defence. The voice's lady identifies the voice from his photo, saying his real name's Daniel. Turns out they'd usually page Daniel, who'd then call back from a cell phone. Creasy makes her page him in the usual way. Daniel calls and Creasy explains that he has his whole family hostage. Daniel asks how much Creasy wants for their safe return. Creasy puts the voice's brother on the phone and then blows off the man's hand. Creasy says that he doesn't want money, he only wants Daniel. Daniel calls back, saying a life for a life, adding that Peter's still alive. When Daniel calls again with proof of life that Peter's bear is called Creasy Bear, Creasy is overjoyed but still focused. Creasy must now exchange Daniel's brother for Peter. Sadly, the police lose track of the car, but Creasy arranges for Lisa to also be at the spot 
as backup. She's instructed to shoot Daniel's brother if anything goes wrong. Having been shot in the stomach earlier, Creasy walks with some difficulty to the swap. Peter screams with pleasure when she runs up to him. She then runs eagerly to her mum, Lisa, who hugs her fondly. Creasy is then hustled off by Daniel and his thugs. Starring Denzel Washington, Christopher Walken, Dakota Fanning, rated 18, directed by Tony Scott, released in the UK 2004, runtime 2 hours 26 minutes.